Hello everyone and welcome to The Way Podcast, Mind, Body, and Spirit. The Way is a community of believers established with the sole purpose of serving others. I will be your host, Doug Sauer, and each week we bring in key leaders of The Way to discuss healing of the mind, body, and spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ. All the members of The Way want to sincerely say thank you for listening each week and look forward to building a strong, positive, faith-based community together with you. And so, without further ado, let's join in this week's episode. Hey, how's it going everyone and welcome back to The Way Podcast. I will be your host, Doug Sauer, and today we have back on the show, Father Mitch Doyen and Sheila Mahler. How are we doing today? Doing well. Hi, Doug. Hey, Doug. So I was talking to Father Mitch a little earlier before we started the podcast, and I was just explaining to him the different things that are happening right now in my own personal life. And it seems like one day it's really great, and then the next day it's you have no idea what the heck is even going on. So, And a lot of interesting things have taken place you know, since I had started the Exodus 90 program with Father Mitch and a group of great guys. And, you know, you go through all of the disciplines, which I'm definitely guilty of, you know, not fulfilling maybe four of them. I mean, one is get a full night's sleep of at least seven hours. <laughs> I got a one-year-old, so, yeah, that that's, that's a little rough. And uh, take, you know, cold showers. That one's, that one, I can't do that. I pray that he looks past that. But, uh, but overall, the experience has been extremely positive. And I would say one of the biggest things that I have taken away is just being aware. I know I've said it on previous podcasts before, but just being aware of what's going on. You know, just for example, you know, when you think you're on the right path and you're doing everything you're supposed to do, something just turns around. You know, like this last week, I got fired from a job, which was very interesting. And then, you know, two days later, a friend of mine, you know, he offered to help me out and set up a, a spot for me. He's got uh, a shop right outside of Troy, Missouri here. And, you know, we, we cleaned up uh, one side of it and he we put down, you know, a slab of concrete and got lights put up. And, you know, so and I got a couple of jobs already. So, you know, things are turning around and going in a different direction. So it, it's been very interesting, to say the least. So you become a living witness to what we mean by the season of Lent, right? Yeah, and I would have to agree with you there, Father Mitch. I would have to say I definitely would be a considered a living witness, I guess, because uh, I don't really have any other explanation for that. It's so cool because you are on the way, and so you're giving God credit. I mean, God's always there, you know, but now you're seeing his, now you're seeing his movement in your life. That's the best part about it. It, and it all started with Father Mitch introducing me to the Exodus 90 and really just diving into it and, and sticking with it. And now life is completely different 56 days later. Pretty and crazy. now the church is in this season of Lent, and we set it aside every year, 40 days. And anytime you see the number 40 in Scripture or in any religious tradition, really, it, it means transformations. And it involves the whole person. So that's why I think this is a, a beautiful example of how the way helps because if you want to instill a new habit in your life or if you want to get healthy or whatever, try it for 40 days and see, well, first see if it works for you, see if the feedback you're getting is positive, but then persevere in it. And at the end of 40 days, 
it's very likely that we'll see a change. And, and sometimes it's a significant change, transformative. Some of what you're describing, Doug, is pretty significant. Other times it's just one more step in our relationship with the Lord, that it's a deepening of trust, a deepening of faith, a deepening of confidence in our relationships with one another. And, and the season of Lent helps us to uh, make that transformation happen. So, so exciting. You think about it. I mean, six weeks is a period of time that people talk about. So six weeks to reset the receptor on a fat cell to lose fat, you know, to lose weight. Six weeks to, like you said, develop a habit. Six weeks to build skeletal muscle. Six weeks is 40 days. I mean, 40 mm-hmm. days is in the Bible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the stories associated with the number 40 in the Bible are all, I mean, it, it ranges, right? So, you know, Moses goes up on the mountain of God for 40 days and receives the, the Ten Commandments and, and the presence of God is, is made known to all the Israelites. And there's also 40 days more and Nineveh will be destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then Jesus, 40 days in the journey and the 40 years in the desert, all of that is significant. So anytime we see that number 40, we know that God has something in mind for us, a plan for us in our growth in faith. So where does the Exodus 90, I know you had mentioned it before, but I actually had, well, it's, it's kind of weird. I think, sure, I think the, ex, the Exodus 90 experience, it's, uh, it's wrapped around Easter, right? So it's leading up to Easter. So it's, it's like taking Lent and saying, well, you know what? We're going to get a head start on this. We're going to hit the ground running. When Ash Wednesday comes, we're going to be ready. So there's also a lot of research that says 90 days is the real turning point of, yes, you've turned a corner on something in your life. So I think that some of the men that started Exodus 90 are are going with that research. I mean, specifically, for anybody in the 12-step programs, anybody who's wrestled with addiction, 90 meetings in 90 days. If you really want to change your life, that's what you need to commit to. So there's a lot of research around 90 as well. Yeah. I mean, to me, 30, I can see where, where it is because we're at 56 days now. And at the 30-day point, it's weird how much different I think now we're at 56 than 30. Mm-hmm. You know, mentally, I still, now looking back, you know, it was a little shaky still. But, you know, now it's it's almost like you're just, you're off and you're running into a whole different direction. And all the things in the past aren't even really there anymore. You're just going somewhere else. And be careful because even though the Lord is blessing you right now, especially with that new opportunity with the work, something else will happen between now and Easter that makes you doubt or fear. And that's the exact time that you need to persevere. So I don't have to no, warn you. No, you got to no, be ready. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, I'm like trying to figure out, okay, something's going to happen. So I got to figure out what it is. Right. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to figure it out. It's just going to be there. Sure. <laughs> just all of a sudden, but, you know, as far as just the way that it's been knocking me down, you know, for the last even year, I already am expecting something else is going to come in the way. You know, I I already know it. So I just have to learn to sit back and just trust. That's going to be the hardest part is just sit back and trust and, and just keep pushing forward. Sure. And as a community of faith, that's what we're doing during the season of Lent. That's why it's so important. We encourage people to pray more, to uh, stay connected to one another more and different opportunities for faith formation, especially to celebrate the Eucharist in a committed way on Sunday and hopefully more than that during the week to stay connected in community as well. I love, you know, that we are mind, body, spirit, that 40 days is a period of time for change, a significant period of time for change in our faith. And it's been, you know, shown to us 
with days and years, right, Father Mitch? Like 40 right. years of wandering in the desert. You know, that's, it t- sometimes it takes a longer period of time to make a hard change. But I love that our, our whole history and our faith is all wrapped up in these symbolic things that science continues to prove our faith right. You know, that I mentioned that receptor on a fat cell. So it was explained to me that, you know, the, the reason people talk about losing water weight, you know, not really losing fat, if you don't stick with something for at least 40 days, is that there's a receptor because our bodies want homeostasis. You know, we want to stay the same size. That's how we preserve our life. And so that receptor doesn't allow that fat cell to become stable when you lose weight, you know, in a short period of time. So it takes it six weeks before the receptor will change and allow the oh. fat cell to consider itself to be smaller. It's really God's plan for our bodies, you know, that we have 40 days in the desert, you know, or <laughs> on a nutrition plan before our bodies are ready right. to adapt to that new, that new change. Right. Yeah, right. it's really pretty beautiful. You know, everything that we believe as Christians is, is what we need for our bodies. And of course, because the person that, uh, the, the entity that made our bodies, he's the one that gave us the Bible. Right. <laughs> he's the one that gave us right. the directions. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's the owner's manual. So Father Mitch, you want to touch on the pillars? I believe it was a prayer, yeah. fat, and almsgiving. Right. And I think you have mentioned these in the last couple of podcasts, but they're simple. Well, they're simple disciplines to understand. They're not easy to practice. One word that comes to mind for me is the word silence. And we've talked about this before, too. In our culture, silence doesn't come natural for us. And so Jesus in the Gospels, oftentimes he takes time away to be alone, to pray, to be with his father, Jesus himself goes in the desert and fasts for 40 days to be ready for the temptation of the devil. All of those are signs to us that those disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving are really important for our development as human beings, for our development as disciples of Jesus, for our deepening in love for one another. So prayer is, is staying connected with the Spirit of God, and that happens primarily through silence, taking deep breaths, and I would say if they can give 20 minutes of silence each day and just let that belong to the Lord. And if 20 minutes seems impossible, then start with five. Start somewhere and let prayer be a part of our day every day, especially during the Lenten journey. And then fasting, it could begin just with, you know, not eating in between meals. It could mean uh, giving up dessert every day but Sunday. It could, whatever it looks like in our lives, just to be mindful of whatever we take into our bodies, we want it to be real nourishment and it can be nourishment for our souls if it's done mindfully. So that's a real important, and I think Sheila and Kathy have talked about this too, that it really is good for the body to fast It is with, with some regularity. So it's a healthy way of living. And then the last is almsgiving. The only measure or the truest measure, the best measure of our spiritual lives is how are the poor doing around us? How are the widow, the orphan, and the stranger doing in our midst? And if we're not mindful of them in very specific ways, through corporal works of mercy, through, and it's one thing to send a check to charity, which is also a beautiful gift, but actually being in relationship with the poor, I think, is important. So the original almsgiving was like looking a poor person in the eye and giving them what they need in that moment and being in relationship with them. And I think that's something we can look for during the season of Lent as well. That's a hard one. It's, I think it's so true that when you're talking about someone who's in a completely different place in the world than you are, and it's clear, you know, like working in a homeless shelter, you know, and it's clear that the divide, man, you really have to be humble to look a person right in the face. I guess it's pride, you know, makes you mm-hmm. uncomfortable, uncomfortable for having when they don't have, you know, or uncomfortable for what they think of you or 
It is. It's a humbling experience, just like fasting is humbling and silence is humbling. I'm glad you used that word pride, Sheila, because like almost every day, but a couple of times this week in particular, you know, when I see someone in need and I'm awake and I have time and it seems I have energy to do it and I, I help them out, I feel really good about myself. Yeah. But then when someone knocks on the door when I'm not awake and not thinking I have time, I can resent it like really quickly. <laughs> and it's like, well, wait a minute. It's not them. It's what what's happening inside of me. So as as much as I'm happy to help when I do, I also have to be mindful of the times when I don't help. And humility, I, I think, emerges in the midst of all of that. Yeah. 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 I know. And in a forty day period of time for change, I mean, one of the biggest things that we can all benefit from is a change in our pride. You know, in our humility. Right. I mean, a change in how we view ourselves and you know, whether or not we deserve what we have, <laughs> whether yeah. or not we deserve, you know, well, to be treated a certain way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to make a pitch for uh, America magazine that the Jesuits put out a bi-weekly magazine that it's all, it's a variety of insights and reflections and scripture. And, you know, it's everything that you'd be looking for to, to support the spiritual life. But there's a, a feature article in the most recent issue on a priest in Iraq, Father Jock. It's the priest who stayed. And his own journey and his own self-awareness was the greatest witness to me, aside from the tragedies of all the wars, well, throughout the Middle East, but especially in Iraq and Syria. But to see him in relationship with people in those countries, he has committed himself to remaining in fellowship with all who are in need in those communities. And it's just a beautiful witness. But he is living what I aspire to and it was really a challenge for me to, to read through how he's living his life. And then I look at my life and think, well, will I ever have a reason to complain again? You know, it's uh, yeah. it's really a powerful story. I know. I know for me, like what we want to do with the way and my thought being, we need more, you know, we need land, we need, we need the next thing, we need more. And then I think about Mother Teresa and how she started, <laughs> you know, just, she just went out on the street where poor, sick people were and she just sat with them. You know, without a degree, without a hospital, without a, a medical bag, <laughs> without right. any help, you know, she just went out and sat with them. I think that's that's really the beginning of love is, like you said, writing a check is wonderful. But if you're writing a check to a person you're never going to see, you haven't had a full opportunity for almsgiving then, you know. Right. Yeah. Going back to what you said, Father Mitch, about silence, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed in myself lately is even I would say probably, honestly, probably for the last two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks, and it was even before that I had gotten fired. I don't know if it's part of the Exodus 90. I, I don't know where I'm at in there, but for like the last two years, I've, I've really been into, you know, reading books and listening to podcasts and listening to Audible, you know, listening to books and I just constantly feeding my brain. The biggest thing that I haven't done is I stopped everything. So anytime I'm anywhere, it's just silence. I don't have anything playing anymore. I'm not listening. I'm not consuming. The only thing that I'm consuming is what they send you and, you know, each, each morning and you read and you do the reflections. And then I'm starting to understand the prayer part a little more now. So, mm -hmm. which is, which is a good thing. The two things for me that are the most uncomfortable would be silence, which mm -hmm. it's always been the, the worst, like silence, just uh, it just drives me crazy. I always had to have something going on, something playing. Mm -hmm. That and 
really using the mirror. There's a couple of guys call it the accountability mirror. And just if you stare in the mirror, you can learn a lot about yourself just just staring. If anybody ever tries it, try and stare at yourself for a good five minutes in silence and just see if you can do it because it's 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 very uncomfortable. I don't know if you've ex- ever experienced that or not, but me and myself, it's, it's definitely one of the things that I've taken away and it kind of really helps to, I guess, just realize what's going on, you know, to really consume everything and take it all in. I think that's one of my, my biggest things that I'm enjoying right now. Right. So whether it's looking into a mirror or not, silence does bring us in touch with the truth of our lives. And the deepest truth of our lives is that we're created in God's image. We're beloved. We're capable of great love. And we're called by God for a particular purpose. And yet when we're silent, we also are aware that there's other competing interests, right? Like for my success and for people to think well of me and, or for me, it's just an incredible fear of failure. So if I let those messages get in the way, I run away then from the silence. But if we can stay in it, there's a deeper place that our soul will rest that's where the integration takes place. What we talked about before about how our mind, body, spirit, and soul need to stay connected and in sync with one another. That happens in the silence. And I, I, Sheila had talked about this before too. Just the simple, the first DNS is breathe properly, right? And to take long, deep breaths is really purifying. It's, it's health giving and it's the beginning of prayer because our life breath is from God. So breathing itself is one of the most beautiful prayers. It is. And it's, again, such a wonderful thing to think about the crossover of our our physiological being and the beautiful benefit of silence and just deep respiration and the benefit that it has on your heart rate and your brain activity, you know, just your anxiety and everything. I mean, your your heart rate is so controlled by your respiratory rate and all, all of those things are connected and they're all, again, you can't say that you can relax in your head, but still do the dishes on the side, you know, or still keep moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there, it's a matter of resting completely, resting your whole body and resting your mind. And yeah, it's, it's the benefits are far reaching, you know, from obviously connecting with God and being aware of your spiritual self, your true self, you know, and I like the ego, I think is just fed by all that noise, politics and the arguments and mm-hmm. all of it. There's so much noise. Sure. So, you know, one of those 40 days journey stories in the Bible is the prophet Elijah. You know, he's got that wild experience of conquering all the prophets of Baal and being known as the greatest prophet in the history of the world. And he's literally like on top of the world. But then he realizes that he's failing in his true mission. <laughs> like he's not bringing others to God. Like nobody's nobody's responding to the call. So he, he despairs and he actually asks God, he, well, he, he just tells God he's going to quit. And the Lord sends a messenger to him and says, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, take this. This messenger brings him some bread and says, no, you need to take this journey. And then he begins the 40 days journey to Mount Horeb, where he has that encounter. He knows that the Lord is going to reveal himself and it's not in the, the thunder. It's not in the lightning. It's in the whispering wind. Like he senses God's presence in the silent wind. It's a, I mean, it's a beautiful translation, but he basically, it's in the silence that he becomes fully aware of God's presence with him. And then from that moment on, he begins his true mission or he accomplishes his true mission. And that's when he's carried up into heaven in a chariot. So when he called down fire from heaven, it was really exciting, but that wasn't his true connection with God. And 
deeper understanding of his true purpose. It was when he sensed God's presence in the silence after the 40 days journey. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that 40 day period of change, you know, for all of us, a lot of times it's different than what we, maybe what we think. I'm not going to go on this fast for 40 days and then look different at the end of it. Like, or, you know, if that's your goal of dieting to lose weight or to look differently, but at the end of 40 days, you know, you're more in, in contact with your spirit and you lose exactly. interest in your, <laughs> your exactly. original goal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There are many opportunities, even between now and Easter, if folks can get away. We were talking about the silence and carving out time every day, but if, if folks can get away to the White House or, or to the Way Retreat, which is a little bit after Easter in April, uh, that, I think that's already full. But any opportunity that we can get to be away for overnight, we can make our own retreat because taking a walk for 20 minutes, it can be a beautiful blessing. But until we really set ourselves apart and leave the phone behind and tell people we're not available for 24 or 48 hours and really look at the stars at night, wake up in the morning with the sun and really immerse ourselves in God's love for us. So any retreat that we can create, whether it's going to a retreat center, uh, and there's plenty of opportunities in the St. Louis area, or even just to go to a hermitage down in Peevely or someplace away for overnight to make your own retreat as a gift to yourself during Lent. That's, that, I think that can be important. Yeah, definitely positive to get away from all of the distractions in your life, even if they're good distractions, you know, even if it's your family that you love and you love being around them. But being away from those distractions, just I know we keep using this word, but introspective is a, a great word to think about during Lent, just a time to yeah. focus inwardly. And that's not self-centered yeah. at all. Yeah, you can't you can't be a light, you know, if you can't be in contact with your own heart. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. And sometimes a retreat, you know, isn't feasible if it's going to, you know, be a weekend retreat. But like Father Mitch was saying, there's lots of hermitages or places where you can go just overnight when one night or even like what Michelle started at Sacred Heart we have a young moms retreat that's just a one day thing so and I I think a lot of parishes have that like a one day retreat you know that's just a time to have a little silence and maybe hear some positive talks about you know matters of the heart that you hadn't considered or if it turns out like I have an opportunity I'm going on a 10 day pilgrimage to Medjugorje it's beginning Thursday so talk about a lenten retreat I'm looking forward to it, and I'll be certainly praying for the mission of the way and, and for both of you by name, but it's um, it's really a beautiful opportunity to be truly away and in silence and, and connected with the life of the church. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, I'm so excited for you for that, to go to Medjugorje. Can you talk just a little bit about the difference between going on a retreat and going on a pilgrimage like what you're about to do? Yeah, well, every pilgrimage is uh, out and back. It's a journey away and back to the depths of your own soul. So in a way, we don't have to go all the way to a shrine in Medjugorje or Perryville or anywhere, but to gather with pilgrims from all over the world who are sharing faith and to hear witnesses, it really is an uplifting experience. So any pilgrimage it's a journey to the Holy Land or to Rome, or it's a journey to a holy place with the desire of a deepening relationship with God and a, a better understanding of ourselves. And then when we return home, we've received a blessing from the place we went to visit. And then we bring the blessing back to our home. And God willing, if we've put our heart into it, when we return, we're able to share that blessing with the world. So, And we, we even speak of ourselves as a pilgrim church. We're all on pilgrimage, right? 
but to go yeah. specifically with the intent of going to a holy site and offering prayer and returning with a blessing. I think that's that's the true meaning of pilgrimage. And I think some of the more popular ones like the Santiago Way, and yeah. uh, well, certainly in Rome and the Holy Land. But Medjugorje is, uh, for me, it's just been a, a real opportunity for me to deepen my devotion to Mary. I think that's why I'm attracted to that. Yeah, but there's all kinds of opportunities for pilgrimage. Even here, you know, like the shrines down in Perryville, the the shrine of uh, Mary and the miraculous medal. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities to do many pilgrimages. And then if folks find those to be meaningful experiences, then maybe they could plan a more extended one. Yeah, I was thinking about when you were talking about going to Medjugorje, I was thinking about the reading from today in Mass about Christ taking Peter and Oh, no, was it James? Who else went up the mountaintop with them? Yeah, Peter, James, and John. Sure. James and John, okay, for the transfiguration. Right. And uh, Father Mike said a cool thing. He said, you know, Peter said they got up there, and then they saw the transfiguration. It was just such an amazing event, you know, and obviously, I'm sure, spirits were lifted, and it was just, and then Peter said, oh, you know, I I should build us some tents, like, we should stay here. (laughs) And Christ said, no, we're not staying, you know, or no no reason for that. And Father Mike kind of said, you know, it's true, those mountains, like, you know, you go on a pilgrimage, you go to a place, and then you have a mountaintop experience, and then you just think, this is so great. I want to live here. This is like, right. I want to I live on right. the way. I feel that way every time we're on retreat. I just want to live on the way. <laughs> I just want to live on the way, and other people can come and have retreats with me. But it's true, you can't you can't stay on the mountaintop. You know, you, you have to come back. So, like, if you're a pilgrim, you have to return, you know, to, mm-hmm. to bring that back with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think like for anybody who's listening to this podcast, if the possibility of going on a retreat just isn't in your, it's not going to happen, or you just can't imagine that you would do that at this point in your life, you can go on pilgrimage, you know, with a book or uh-huh. or right. with a program or get a right. friend, like, you know, get together with a friend and make a, like, you know, we're going to do this thing for this period of time. There's so many resources out mm-hmm. there of things that you can do or consecrations, like doing it like that 33 right. days of, is it 33 days of morning glory? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful beautiful consecration. Yeah, a period of time that you carve out, you know, mm-hmm. to to journey to a deeper place. Okay, we hope you enjoyed today's episode and was able to take away a little inspiration to add to your day. Make sure to connect with The Way on Facebook and Instagram at The Way Mind Body Spirit. The Way podcast is now available on all listening platforms where podcasts can be heard. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be notified each week when a new episode is released. Also, it would be greatly appreciated if you left us a five-star rating and positive review as that helps the podcast grow and, and reach more and more communities. And if you have a friend that you think may enjoy these shows, make sure and share it with them as well. So with all that said, we hope you all have a great day. Good. Do you have a, a good and safe trip, Father Mitch? I and, will. I'll uh, be praying for you all. Absolutely. And uh, okay. we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And be safe. Okay. All right. God bless okay. you. Bye now. Bye, Doug.